Welcome to Brazen, a weekly podcast where we get down and dirty on how we can live a more curious, bold, and vibrant life. We are your hosts, Callie Hughes, a functional wellness nurse practitioner, and Valerie King-Maller, a transformational life and mindset coach. In this podcast, we are helping women stop people-pleasing and perfectionism, awaken their inner badass, and discover what can happen when we take the lead in our own life. Join us every Tuesday as we explore everything available to us when we brazenly take accountability for our life and well-being. Welcome back to another episode of the Brazen Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about seven steps that you can take to start building a career you love. And these tips are going to apply to you no matter what you're doing. You might be an entrepreneur. You might be working your ladder up in a corporate company. You might be working for a startup, or you might just be working in a job. Isn't necessarily your dream job, but it pays the bills. So all of the steps that we're going to talk about today are going to apply to you. You can take them and work them for whatever situation you're in and maybe even use them as a springboard to move into a job that really lights you up and really fulfills your career dreams. So Val, why don't you get us started? All right. So I think the first thing that anyone should do when you're talking about something as big as your career is to do a core values exercise and then also a strength test. I think both of them are really important to center yourself and to understand what your priorities are going to be going forward. So we do have a core values exercise, which we can link. And also there is a test called the VIA test that can be a skill-based thing that can tell you a little bit about what you're really great at. But this will really help to show you when you feel out of alignment with your job and you can pinpoint why. So for example, I use my example that creativity is one of my top core values. And if I have a job that doesn't allow for a lot of creativity, then I can feel myself not feeling very excited and just not feeling like fulfilled. And so I have always looked for jobs where there's an element of creativity built in. So I think it's really helpful to have that information just so that you can have a lay of the landscape when it comes to your own personal values and skills. Yeah, I know that in past jobs that I've worked, the theme for me has been, I need to be able to feel like I am in some type of a leadership type of a role. And the jobs that haven't really fulfilled me have been jobs that I've not been able to engage in any activities like that. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then number two is if you are in the process of looking for another job or looking for your first job, I recommend that you apply for jobs that you aren't 100% qualified for. And I don't know where the study came from, but they had figured out that women wait until they're 100% qualified for a position to apply for it. And then it's, I think, 60%. You might know better, Callie, but. Yeah, uh, I think that sounds right to me. 
I can't remember where that study came from either, (laughs) but I know the one you're talking about. Yes. And I think that I can speak from my own experience that I have applied for jobs or new positions where I haven't been qualified. And I think that first of all, the worst that's going to happen is that you don't get accepted. In the meantime, you've gotten the practice of applying for something that's a little more challenging. If you do get the job, it means that you're starting with a place where you have a lot of room for growth and a lot of chances to learn new skills. And so it means that you'll be more engaged for longer too. If you go in and you know how to do everything a hundred percent, then it's just going to be like easy peasy and not necessarily super stimulating, but by applying for something where you're forced to learn a new program or learn new skills that you hadn't utilized in prior positions, it's really helpful. And obviously the caveat is if you need some sort of licensing or (laughs) any sort of things like that, obviously, if you're not qualified in that sense, you might not want to apply. But if it's just soft skills that you feel like you don't embody, I highly recommend you still go for it. And also just remember that you may not think you have those skills, but even in your family life or other personal areas of your life, you may have practiced those things. So you may be more qualified than you think. Yeah. And I feel like if you're the company that you work for has a strong promoting from within type of a culture, that's even more reason to stretch yourself and apply for jobs that you might not 100% meet all of the requirements, but you know that you can grow into the role and you can learn the skills that you need to learn and you can get the experience that you need to do the job well on the job. I think back to one of the jobs that I had worked in the past and There was a new job opening that came up for, it would be like a senior leadership type of a position. And my supervisor at the time had given me the heads up on it and was like, hey, I think that you might apply for this. It might be a good fit for you. And my initial reaction when I read the job description was like, holy shit, this is so far (laughs) over my head. This is like, I am nowhere near qualified enough to do this job. But then I thought about that study and I was like, okay, maybe if I were like the, (laughs) this is where my mind goes is if I were a mediocre white man, (laughs) (laughs) who like was super confident in what I bring to the table. Would I go for it or would I be like, no, I don't think I'm totally qualified yet. I might not get that job. No, they would just be like, F it. I'm applying because who wouldn't give me this job? So I embodied that type of an energy and I did not get the job. They did give it to someone else who had way more qualifications (laughs) for the position, but I made it to like one of the last rounds of interviews. And so it's, it honestly really surprised me because I, it's not that I didn't think I would get the job because if I really thought that it was a waste of my time, I wouldn't have applied and gone Mm -hmm. throughout the whole interview process. But just the fact that I was stretching myself, it like made me feel super proud and 
even though I didn't get the job, I wasn't disappointed because I was feeling proud of myself for putting myself out there. And I learned a lot of really valuable interviewing skills. And I was able to get a lot more comfortable speaking to my strengths and speaking to my weaknesses and framing myself and positioning myself as like a the best candidate. You get all that good experience. And it also goes back to the whole concept of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and not holding yourself back because you think you might not do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. If you just go into it expecting like, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If not, it's a good experience. But yeah. I, in my experience too, it did force me to get, like you said, really good at really taking stock of the experience I had in the past. And I will say that with the exception of one job, like I have actually gotten the jobs. And so there is a good chance that you will get the job if you go in and you are very confident. And I think it shows that you're interested and hungry for growth. But the one that I didn't get, they actually suggested I apply for a different position, which was actually still a promotion. So there's a lot of positive that can come out of if you don't, even if you don't get the job, there's so much positive stuff that you can get from that. So we definitely recommend just go for it. (laughs) Totally. Number three, along those same lines is just to stay curious and engage in continual learning. It's easy to get really stagnant in a job once you feel really confident in it. So, you know, those first couple of months, you might feel a little awkward because it's a new job, but once you're really confident and you feel like you have the skills, it's really easy to get complacent, but you should always be trying to refine your skills even if it's just for yourself personally, but also for your job performance. So looking at ways that you can expand, if you have a good leadership team, going to speak with them and saying, what other things can I take on? Like, I'm ready for more. And they may recommend a promotion or give you some ideas of different projects you can take on. But separate from that, just looking on the sort of outer boundaries of your job description and saying, oh, like, this is something I wish I were better at and working to grow in that sense. Number four is to set a goal roadmap. And I think this is really important to do at various periods in your life because your priorities are going to change. So much like your core values and your strengths, a roadmap will tell you if you're in the right vein of where you need to be with your job. So when you're younger, growth and financial opportunities might be your most pressing goals. But as you get older or have a family, it might be that you want to have Fridays off. So you have more time with your kids. So it's taking a look at what your major goals are when it comes to your job and then making sure that your job actually aligns with that or that there's a path to get there. So if you feel like growth isn't really possible in your company anymore, and that's hugely important to you, then it might be time to look elsewhere. Or if once again, you're working every weekend and nights and being with your kids is super important, that might be time to sever ties and look for something that fits more with what your goals are. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it really points to the importance of starting at step one that we talked about and getting really clear on what your core values are and using that to decide what your goals are and creating your goal roadmap from there. So 
even if you've established your core values in the past, it's always worth going back and redoing the exercise even a couple of times a year because things change and it's just a good way to make sure that the path that you're on is aligning with the things that are most important to you. So number five is to look for growth opportunities, but also consistently assess and reassess where you are in your roadmap. So that means if you are happy in your job, but like you want to take the next step up, looking at what that looks like and adjusting so that you can take the steps necessary to get there. And I think much like all goal setting, you should be setting your big goal on your roadmap, but creating the little steps along the way that can help you get there. And also working with your management team, or if you're an entrepreneur, like working with a coach to set up like a list of goals and how best to get there. Yeah. Um, One thing that I used to do, and I really should get back into this. I set a goal roadmap for myself at the beginning of the year. So this is the perfect time for you to do this. If this is where you're at in your, in this seven step process. So what I would do is I would set an annual goal and then I would chunk it down into quarterly goals and then monthly, weekly, whatever. And then I would actually put it into my calendar to have a quarterly reassessment. So I would block off a couple of hours on a specific day each quarter and I would spend time really just digging deep and looking at my goals and where have I been able to make progress and where have I fallen short and just creating and adjusting my plan from there. And if you work in a company that does annual reviews or whatever, and you have some kind of an HR platform, that's a really good time to update your goals so that it's visible to like your HR department or your managers, if it's like more of a remote situation, because you definitely want to be getting credit for all of the growth that you have been making in your job, because that's going to position you as a prime candidate for promotions or new opportunities that arise when they can actually see that. Because I know that I've always been really bad about tooting my own horn or whatever. It was a really good exercise for me to actually put a specific date in my calendar, block it off as like a meeting time and go through the process of reviewing my progress, reviewing where I've fallen short, and then setting new goals for the next quarter and documenting all of that, even if it's just for myself. But that's something yeah. that's really practical that you definitely should do. And a hundred percent agree with that because also don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. If you feel like you have taken on a lot, or if you've grown a lot and feel that your compensation doesn't match how much growth you've had. And now if you've been documenting your goals and your progress so far, you can go back and say, okay, I started here with minimal knowledge of this. And now I'm like expert <laughs> at this point. So can we talk about compensation and making sure that you also recognize that your company can potentially compensate you more for the work you've put in? 
Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for the raise. It's, it goes back to number two that we talked about, like in general, men are not afraid to speak up and ask for raises when they feel that they deserve it. Or even if they don't necessarily deserve it, but it's, yeah, I just want to ask because you never know unless you ask embody that same energy. Like it doesn't matter if you, if they say no, I mean, it might matter, but don't yeah. <laughs> use that as known, like your own internal reason for not asking is, oh, they might say no. What would they think? They think I'm just in it for the money or whatever. You're working for money. So you make sure that your compensation fairly reflects what you're contributing to the company and to their bottom line, because you definitely should be, as you grow in your knowledge and your skills and your expertise, your pay should reflect that. So don't be afraid to ask. Number six is to maintain healthy routines, both inside and outside of work. I think that we all know that if you wake up late, you've snoozed 25 times and you are late to work, you're going to have a more rough day than if you have a productive morning or like a healthy morning, depending on what your morning routine looks like. And so setting yourself up for a good day of work, but also what happens at work, engaging in healthy, having healthy relationships with your coworkers, taking time to stretch or go for a walk, eating a healthy lunch, just things that help your overall well-being. And Callie can speak to that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's super important just so that you don't burn out because if you're constantly focusing on career growth and building skills and working a bunch of overtime, if you're really pouring everything into your job and you're not doing anything that's refilling your energy and your motivation and inspiring you, like all those things that are super easy to put on the back burner, if you continue to put that on the back burner and you don't actually do anything that fills your cup up, so to speak, mm -hmm. you're going to burn out really quickly. And then it's not, nothing's going to be enjoyable to you anymore. So making sure that you're engaging in healthy routines and you're setting healthy boundaries in your job and in your personal life that are going to keep you on the right path and in the right mindset. That's super important. It makes everything more sustainable. Yeah. And just be careful too about engaging in this sort of venting session with your coworkers, I think tends to be like a huge bonding activity, but just remember that, um, venting anything more than five minutes of venting can be really detrimental to your mindset and not to mention it can create a toxic work environment. So it may feel good in the moment, but if your only relationship with your coworkers is bitching about your job, like it's not going to create like a fun and healthy space, trying to find more productive, like problem solving ways of dealing with issues can help create like a happier space for all of you. <laughs> Yeah. I think Brene Brown calls it counterfeit connection where it feels yeah. like you're really bonding with your coworkers, but it's not true connection, like in the sense of it nurturing you and giving you that sense of community. Exactly. So yeah, try to stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then the final thing, and this one might be a little bit surprising, but if you are feeling that you're still not fulfilled by your job, you might want to try starting a side hustle. Not only is it something where it can be based on what your passions are, but if you do want to have a side hustle that never becomes a full-time job, it still can teach you additional skills and keep that curiosity and growth going on, even if you're not getting that specifically from your job. And chances are the skills you learn from your side hustle are going to really help your current position as well. And it can be a really good way of adding a little variety. Obviously don't overdo it if you're already working 80 hours a week in your other job and then Mm -hmm. you add a side hustle, that might be a lot, but this can be like a really interesting way of keeping your fires going in the career world. And you might uncover some hidden talents or hidden skills that you didn't know that you had. And I have to just say that when I first started wellness coaching side hustle a couple of years back, I found so much satisfaction in the fact that I was able to figure out on my own how to build my own website, make it look good and creating like all the blog posts and the copy and all of that for the website. And it was just like a fun thing to do, like an extra thing. You don't really need like a beautiful website with all the bells and whistles if you're going to like just dip your toe into a side hustle. But for me, that was something that was really satisfying. Ooh, I cannot believe that I figured out all on my own how to insert this code into the (laughs) header. It is just, you'll find so many different things that you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but I actually really like doing. Yeah, definitely. If you have the time and the desire explore a side hustle, but you don't have to break your back to make it super financially feasible if you don't want to. (laughs) Don't put too much pressure on yourself. (laughs) And it's a great way of just expanding, like you were saying, pushing you a little outside your comfort zone on a continual basis, because chances are you're going to be doing things you had never done before. And that's just going to help your confidence, which in turn, If it's time, it can help you leave your job if that's what you want or move on to a bigger, better job. Definitely. Let's recap really fast the seven-step framework for helping you to really build a career that you love. So step one, you're going to want to identify your core values and your strengths. So this is a super important first step and you don't want to skip it. So go to the show notes or go to the website. It'll be linked in both places and download the core values workbook and go through that process because that's foundation of everything else. Number two is to stretch yourself when you're applying for jobs or promotions. Do not be afraid to reach because you might just get it. And if you don't, you're still going to get some really good experience. Number three is to stay curious and open and have a growth mindset, build skills, ask how to expand your role or expertise, just continually try to improve. Striving for excellence though, not perfection. Number four is to set a goal roadmap. So this is going to be based on your core values and you're going to identify 
different goals that are going to help you lean into your strengths and your values and achieve your goals. Number five is to continually reassess where you are and look for appropriate growth opportunities. Set a date on your calendar for at least once a quarter where you're reviewing your progress and making a plan for the next quarter and adjusting as needed. And don't forget to document that process too. Number six is to maintain your healthy routines inside and outside of work. And then number seven is start a side hustle if you so choose so that you can explore different areas or passions, build different skill sets, and just try out something new. So that wraps up this episode of the Brazen Podcast. Don't forget to download your core values workbook. And we would love it if you would share this episode with a friend and go and follow, rate, and review this podcast. That's how we can make sure that other badass people like you are able to find us and elevate their lives as well. So until next week, we will see you later. Have a great week and keep on being brazen. Thank you.